Welcome to the Sport Fuels Life podcast, where we're bringing you interviews with coaches and athletes at the top of their game. This is a community to support coaches, athletes, and fans who share a passion for making the world a better place through athletics. We are serving our community and providing a variety of resources to grow and win as a team in the sports we play and the life we live. We are your hosts. I'm Ashley. And I'm Megan. And we're so excited to bring you all things Sport Fuels Life. Hey, Jesse. It's so great to have you here with us today. Um, just for our viewers who don't currently know you, would you please just share a few minutes about who you are and how you got there and where you're headed? Yeah, most definitely. So yeah, my name is Jesse Wuji. Uh, originally, I'm from Dallas, Texas. Uh, both of my parents immigrated from Nigeria to the US back in the 80s before having me and my two brothers and my sister and decided that Dallas was going to be home. And uh, growing up there, for those who don't know anything about Texas, uh, football is the king of the state. So growing up as a kid, I just had these aspirations of playing football. And, uh, you know, once I got into middle school and high school, I worked really hard to put myself in a position where I could eventually go and play for a great college football team. So throughout high school, I worked very hard um, to get better because I wasn't good at first at all at football, but at, through a lot of effort, through a lot of training, through just a lot of just grind and believing and having faith, I was able to uh, actually eventually get recruited by a few schools. And one of those schools that was recruiting me was the Naval Academy. So I looked at it as a great opportunity to go to a really good school, uh, get a great education, and then also um, uh, you know, play football for a great team. But when I graduate, uh, actually have the opportunity to serve as an officer in the United States Navy. So it was just a win in all different ways. And I decided, hey, this was the route that I was going to go. This is where I'm going to where I'm going to end up at. So I went to Naval Academy, got there uh, 2006. Uh, I was there 20, uh, 2006 through 2010. I uh, played football all four years. I also ran track there all four years. Uh, graduated in 2010 and became a surface warfare officer in the Navy. And uh, for those who don't know, uh, surface warfare officers are, you know, we're the folks on the ships, operating the ships, taking them from point A to point B, fighting a good fight with uh, warships. So uh, my first ship that I was on was, an, uh, was a minesweeper. Uh, I was on that minesweeper for two years from 2010 to uh, end of 2012 before transitioning to uh, an amphib, which is a lot bigger ship. It's about 600 feet long, uh, 800 people on board. It's a pretty big ship. And uh, I was on that ship for another two years. Between those two ships, I went on two different deployments, um, spent about 15 total months in the Arabian Gulf. And then uh, once I was done with that, transitioned to shore duty in 2015. But during this whole time, like in between my deployments and going out to sea and stuff, when I was back home in Southern California, I was developing this passion for cars and racing. And I would take my personal cars to tracks nearby. I would uh, go to track days. I would do those every weekend that I could. And then eventually uh, the bug just bit me. And I decided one day, hey, you know what? I have a little bit of skill on these tracks. Why not try to take this to the next level while still being in the Navy? Why not try to become a professional race car driver? And that's where my journey started uh, for this whole pro racing thing. And uh, through a lot of hard work, a lot of grind, a lot of networking, a lot of fundraising, uh, starting my own businesses to, to make extra money on the side through all of this hard work, I was able to get myself into some lower level racing in 2015, just like late model stock cars at, at Irwindale Speedway. And then from there, have been able to blossom and transition over the last five years. And now I'm currently racing in the second highest level of NASCAR, the NASCAR Xfinity Series. 
And uh, it's been a huge blessing to even get to this point. I've had a lot of great help and support from a lot of good people along the way and still do. And uh, we're just making this thing happen by just grinding and, 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 and having effort and believing that anything is possible in life as long as you put your mind to it, as long as you stay strong enough, long enough. Oh, wow. Okay. You just um, really opened up a whole new set of questions that I have for you, <laughs> um, which I hope is okay. Um, but I guess first, uh, first and foremost, like, thank you so much for your service. I think it's so cool when people are able to really step into that role. And I'm curious, um, your time serving the country, how did that shape you or what surprised you about how um, you personally connected to your duties and um, how it led you through to where you are now. Yeah, so um, I would say, uh, you know, my time serving, uh, you know, because I'm still serving right now. I'm still in the military. I've been, uh, you know, in the military the last 10 years now. Uh, and, uh, you know, things I've learned in the Navy have really helped me in uh, the civilian world. Because, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that do translate over between the leadership side, communication side, time management. I learned a lot of things, um, you know, on the ships, you know, we're not given a ton of resources, but we got to make a lot of big things happen. And we got to do it in very stressful environments. We're in charge of um, high priced equipment, operating it, using it, maintaining it, um, having oversight over it, supervising it, supervising people. Um, communication. There's all these different things that we do in the Navy world that I've been able to translate in this journey um, uh, going up the NASCAR ladder. You know, um, I used to hate uh, public speaking. Uh, I, I was so nervous when I would do it. I could never do it well. It sucked. Um, but then when I got on a ship, I had to figure it out quick because when you're doing these briefings to your captain and the rest of the crew for different operations that you're about to go through, I mean, you're standing in front of there uh, you're, you're in front of everybody with, you know, not a ton of experience, but having to talk like you have the experience and having to do that so many times that got me comfortable with public speaking. And then now I can get on a stage with 500,000 people in the, in the, in the crowd and speak to these people for an hour and, and, and have no issue doing it. So, uh, you know, learned a lot in the Navy that I've been able to translate over to the civilian world. It's helped me become more valuable. It's helped me, um, really advance myself and, um, really uh, make the most of all the opportunities that I've been able to um, land. How would you say your time in the Navy is um, bringing an edge to your driving? Yeah, so uh, time in the Navy, um, bringing an edge to my driving. Uh, you know, I, I would say on the on-track stuff, um, there's a lot of similarities between that and what we were doing on a ship. So on a ship, uh, you know, you don't just come out of school, go straight to a ship and immediately start driving. I mean, some people do, but you don't always do that. You got to get some training first before you even do that. So um, to get training for driving a ship, well, it's, it's tough to just go find, you can't just go find a ship and go train on a ship real quick before you get to your real ship. Uh, we do it in a simulator. So we have simulation rooms that simulate a ship. And it's like a projector that projects, it, projects out onto this big wide screen that basically shows like the ocean and all that stuff. And then the little room that you're in is like the resemblance of the bridge of a ship and all your controls are in there and everything. And then you basically drive it from there and it simulates everything. Even the way the, the, um, the projection moves and sways back and forth, you can, you can almost get seasick in that room. Uh, so people have gotten seasick in the room. It happens. So uh, it's really cool, but it's a simulation room where you're simulating real driving of the ship and it helps you so much in learning how to drive a ship because now you're doing it in a place where, hey, if you make a mistake, at least it doesn't cost a million dollars. And then from there you go to a real ship and then all of a sudden you feel like you've done it a million times. 
I've translated the same type of concept over to the racing world. When I wanted to get into racing, it was kind of difficult to just go find a race car and practice all the time. They're expensive. You got to have a team. You got to do all this stuff. So I was trying to figure out how do I get practice every single day without having to spend a ton of money every single day to make it happen. And then I decided, hey, you know, if the ships have simulators, I'm sure the racing world has simulators too. And I did some research online and found some good simulation software. And um, one and the one I found was iRacing, and they do a really good job of simulating all the dynamics of real life race cars to the T. I mean, it's so realistic. So I bought a racing seat, steering wheel, pedals, shifter, and everything connects to your computer, and you basically train on your computer virtually in a simulator, and it feels just like real life. And uh, I, I would do that every single day, and that's what helped me be able to even drive on the track and at least hang with, hang with everybody. And, um, you know, it's been super, super helpful, but that's just one of the big things that I've been able to translate from the Navy world to the racing world on track, and it actually was super helpful. That's so cool. I think I would probably be one that got seasick, so that's <laughs> probably not for me, but that's really cool that um, they have those technologies available. I'm curious transitioning from that software as a driver to the track. Um, what was that experience like for you? Can you describe that at all? Yeah, so going from a simulator to track, uh, the first thing you realize is, hey, it's now real life. Any mistake costs money. Um, anytime you hit the wall, it costs, it costs money. Um, you know, people, these are real people you're racing against. You're, you're, you know, these are real cars, real money, real, real stuff on the line. So um, it adds that extra fear factor also too, you know, you're, you're physically in the car now. If you, you know, get in a wreck, you know, it might hurt. You know, you could get hurt. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. So, so many different things that you're having to now translate your brain over from the virtual world to the real world. But at least as far as like knowing the track setup, knowing, you know, where are your braking points, you know, how far do you drive it into the corner um, on exit? You know, how, how soon can you get on the gas? How's it going to feel? How's the tire wear going to be? Uh, you know, how to do a pit stop, where to line up on a pit stop, all these different things you can learn on the sim so that when you get there in real life, it's actually not that bad at all. And uh, it helped me out a lot. Um, I was able to at least like be somewhat decent <laughs> getting on the track from going from the simulators. And I still train every single day on the simulator. I spend about two hours a night on a simulator every single day. I should probably spend more time, but I have so much going on with my business stuff and uh, everything else I have going on. Crazy. Okay. So let's talk about some of these other things you have going on. What, like, tell us about your business and just what you're working on and what you're excited about. Yeah. So the businesses, <laughs> um, I have a few of them. So um, I first started off with back in 2015, when I was first getting into racing, I needed to start something so I could make some extra money. So what I decided to start at first was a drag racing events company where I would go rent a track, like a drag strip, and put on drag racing events because that's like real easy for <clears throat> anybody to really get into. And, um, you know, people didn't have to go um, buy $100,000, $200,000 race cars to do it. You can just get your, your, your typical Camaro or Mustang or Corvette, you know, or, or Nissan GTR or something like that and, and bring it to the track and run it on the drag strip and anyone can do it. I mean, if you want to bring your, you want to bring a, a Tahoe, a Chevy Tahoe, you can do it. If you want to bring your, you know, Silverado, you can do it. You can bring whatever vehicle you want to the track and, and race against people for fun, just in a straight line. So I would rent tracks out. 
um, I would sell tickets to uh, for the spectators. I would sell tickets for the people who wanted to come race. And the event, you know, eventually grew and grew and grew. And we've gotten to points where, you know, we've had 2,000, 3,000, even up to 6,000 people at an event. And we usually have well over 100 people competing in the event. And it's actually gone well. And we've been doing it since 2015. Uh, even this year during COVID year, when you thought, you know, live events would probably take a big hit. We've actually had some of our better our better events this year. Um, it, it, it's crazy. So uh, yeah, that's been really well. Then over the last couple of years, I've started a couple more businesses um, to add on to my small little empire that I'm trying to build. Uh, one of them was a trucking company. So right now I have a trucking company. Uh, we have semi trucks on the road hauling mainly Amazon goods. Um, and uh, that's been going pretty well over the last two years. This year, it tri business tripled this year over last year, which is awesome. And then um, going into my next business that I actually recently started earlier this year was more of the real estate side of things. It's been a little bit slower because it's been difficult to land the deals that I've been trying to land for the real estate stuff. But uh, we do have some stuff um, that we own now. But uh, um, yeah, real estate investing, because I feel like in real estate, you can create um, some passive uh, passive uh, income type generating streams where, you know, you do the upfront work to get the property. And then from there, if you put the right property manager in place and you got the right deal, I mean, it's just, it's mailbox money coming in every month and you don't really have to do anything. So I like that concept. I love not having to work super hard and making money. That's cool. <laughs> work smarter, not harder, as they say, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So what's the most unexpected vehicle you've ever seen at a drag racing event? Like, was there anything like, did somebody show up with their minivan or something ever? Like, uh, I, I saw a school bus. Oh, wow. <laughs> I saw a school bus. Yeah, a school bus. But uh, it was not your typical school bus. The school <laughs> bus was, it was a short bus and it was an old one. Like, it's from like, probably like the 60s or the 70s. This thing was dropped to the ground. It had two huge turbochargers on it. Big V8 motor. Um, this thing was an animal. And um, I, I don't know if he actually made a pass down the drag strip, but he just brought the vehicle to the event just to at least be there. And that was probably one of the most unexpected vehicles I'd ever thought. I never thought I'd see a school bus. And this thing was a monster. Uh, that was pretty cool. We've, we've had a lot of other great vehicles come through. I mean, from, like, like I said, like from your standard, you know, Camaro, Corvette, Mustangs, Lamborghinis, McLarens. Um, you know, I think the most expensive car that we ever had was probably a Porsche 918. Uh, I think that's a $2 million car. It's probably the most expensive car we've had to come to the event. That guy, he, um, he thought about coming to the event, wasn't sure if he wanted to come. He woke up that morning, like probably like, I think like 10, 11 AM, um, and decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the event. He hopped out of bed, hopped in his $2 million car, drove over to the event, made a few passes on the drag strip and then drove home. Mike, <laughs> it was a, uh, it was pretty interesting. Wow. What a character he must be. That's yeah. cool. Um, all right. Well, we've talked a little bit about your business and stuff, and it sounds to me like you've got um, at least someone in your corner that's been mentoring you and maybe helped you to become so savvy, not just in uh, business, but just in life in general. I'm curious, um, maybe can you speak about those mentors or even coaches that you've had in the past who have spoken into your life in a way that have made um, inspiring comments toward you or encouraging comments toward you that have really shaped you and helped you to know your direction and where you're going? 
Yeah, most definitely. Um, <clears throat> a lot of great help. Um, a lot of great people who have been super, super helpful in this journey, just helping me in different ways, teaching me different things, um, net, helping me network, all that stuff. Um, the, the foundation starts with the Bible, of course. So God, that's the number one. I mean, without that, it doesn't matter who I talk to. Like, he's, he's the one upstairs who's controlling the whole show. He put the vision in my head of where I was going to be and who I was going to become. And then once he put the vision in my head, it was on me to grind from there to figure it out down here. But, uh, you know, that's that's number one. That's like the source. And then after that, you know, comes regular people on Earth. So uh, people here uh, that have been very helpful, you know, starts with, you know, back in high school, my coaches, uh, they were very, very helpful in, in getting us um, or making us more disciplined. I would say there are coaches in, in, in high school um, basically gave uh, very militaristic type uh, coaches that did a lot of military type things um, during our workouts, which helped us become very disciplined and put us on the right track. And this helped us, uh, you know, keep our eyes on the prize on where we wanted to go in life instead of just letting us run around and get in trouble and all that stuff. So that was great. Um, in college, uh, you know, um, you know, just the people I was around being at the Naval Academy, you know, it's 4,000 people on that campus or 4,000 students. And we're all like-minded people. We're all trying to succeed in life. We're all competitors. We all grind super hard. We know what it takes to, to, to make it to high levels in life. And being around 4,000 of those type of people, you tend to excel. <laughs> so um, that was really helpful. After, after college going, you know, getting into Navy and stuff, uh, one of my good friends, Ryan Hogan, uh, we were on a ship together, my second ship. And he's the one who really got me into the business world. Um, I didn't know anything about business at all, but he taught me a ton of things at first. And we, he taught me on the ships. We'd be on watch together from uh, midnight to 3 a.m. Then after we get off the watch, when everybody else would go to sleep, because it's 3 a.m., I mean, isn't that the normal thing to do, go to sleep? Um, we would stay up. We'd go find a room on a ship, an empty room on a ship, and we'd sit down. Um, we'd pull out a whiteboard and write down different um, thoughts and ideas on uh, business ideas, how to start a business, how to run a business, how to get it going, how to start an LLC and how to do accounting and all this stuff. He just kind of, he taught me a lot of different things because he knew it because he had his own business on the side and he just taught me these things over, you know, I don't know how many weeks. And then from there, um, while on the ship, we did a port visit and we landed, I think we went to Bahrain and, you know, we had a few off days and while in Bahrain, I went to my hotel room and basically kicked off my first business, which was the drag racing events. I, I started uh, basically creating the Facebook and social media pages for it. I uh, began, um, uh, I, I hit, I called the track that I was going to first rent out when I came back from deployment, you know, all these different things I set up while I was sitting there in Bahrain. And um, eventually, you know, when we got back home to the States and I was actually able to put on the event, it actually went well. We sold tickets, we made money. I didn't lose money and uh, all was well. So, uh, you know, those are people right there who helped me out a ton. Since then, you know, my agent, uh, Matt Casto, he's been really great on helping kind of guide me through this whole NASCAR path. Um, he doesn't come from the NASCAR world, but with him having fresh eyes, not coming from the racing world, we're able to see things in different ways and think outside the box. And together, we're kind of like two peas in the pod who make a lot of big things happen. Um, I've had a lot of great support from Naval Academy grads, other Academy graduates who have been really helpful in my life, networking with me, helping me, um, a, lot of, a lot of great people. The biggest thing is surround yourself around great people, surround yourself around people who are smarter than you, surround yourself around people who want to see you succeed. Um, if they don't, then they don't need to be in your life. If they don't see, if they don't believe in your vision, then, you know, you can you don't got to completely cancel them out of your life, but you just can put them to the side because they're not helping you grow. 
if they're not there to help you grow, then they're all, they're only there to help you go down and you don't want to go down. All right. Well, let's talk more about that. Like, obviously you have reached a level of success that many aspire to how, how have you struggled or, um, overcome not like total failure, obviously, but like, what are some challenges that you have faced that certain people maybe have come alongside you, or maybe they've been haters and they've kind of like shown you who they are and you've had to step away. Can you describe something that you've been through like that? <laughs> yeah, there are quite a few things. So anytime we're going on a journey um, in life, there's something that is way bigger than wherever you're at right now. Um, you're going to go, there's going to be a lot of bumps in the road. There's going to be a lot of walls. There's going to be people in your way. Um, there's going to be people trying to stop you. At the end of the day, the only way to truly, truly fail is to quit. That's it. Like there's no other way. Like no one can actually, like when you have a vision of where you're supposed to be, who you're supposed to become, what you're supposed to accomplish, whatever that vision is, you know, obviously mine was racing and, and business stuff and all that. Like that was mine. Other people have other things. Some people want to be astronauts. Some people um, want to build whatever business, want to be, have the next Facebook, whatever it is. When you have that vision, and it's clear as day and it's natural. Like it's a natural occurring vision that keeps on happening in your head. Then, then that is your sign that that's where you're supposed to be. Now, once you start going, you got to insanely believe that it's possible no matter what happens, because a lot of things will happen along the way. And as you have this insane belief, as you're stepping forward, because every day you're gonna have to put steps forward towards this goal, like every single day, not just Monday through Friday, not just Saturday or Sunday, not just when you have a moment or two, like every single day, you gotta grind and put energy towards this. And as you're putting energy towards this, um, you know, eventually you're going to start seeing things come up and it's going to be good and it's going to be bad. Uh, there'll be forces that try to get in your way. There can be forces that try to stop you. But the only way to truly fail, like I said, is, is, is by quitting. So as long as you continue to move forward, as long as you just continue to grind, no matter how many times you get hit, you got to keep pushing. If there's a wall, you either go over it, you go around it, you go under it, or you go through it. That, you just have to. There is, there is no stoppage. No one, no single person can actually stop you your journey no one can actually eliminate your your journey no one can you are the only person who can actually do that so that's what i tell people just grind push forward for me i've had different people try to do, do a lot of some people with some evil stuff really trying to get in the way some people will literally they, they just don't want to see you succeed they don't want you to get to where you want because maybe they thought that they were supposed to be there and now you're the person going there and now they're jealous and envious and they don't want to see it there's some people who who, who maybe love you and care about you a lot, but are um, super secure minded and, and think that by you taking risks that, that that's like too much and you shouldn't, and they'll try to stop you because of that. They don't want to see something bad happen to you, and, but you have to let them know like risks are okay. Like if you want to succeed in anything in life, there is risk you have to take and you have to be in a place and in a position where you are willing to put it all on the line and lose it all. And when you finally get comfortable with that very uncomfortable feeling, you will succeed in life because there will be points where you lose just about everything and then you'll gain it right back. But you've got to understand that that light is there at the end of the tunnel, no matter how dark it is, because it will get very, very dark. But the people who achieve success in life and whatever they're trying to accomplish are the ones who believe that the light's there when it's not. 
man, you just took me to church. <laughs> that was awesome. I feel so inspired right now. Okay. So I'm curious, like, what is one thing that you do on a daily basis? Like what's part of your routine or a practice that you have that keeps you grounded and helps you to find clarity in moments of darkness or struggle? Um, so I pray a lot every day <laughs> just to myself all the time every night and sometimes multiple times throughout the day you know i thank god when and when good things happen and i blame myself when bad things happen um because it's my fault right i i went some route i did something that didn't work out and uh you know now i gotta figure it out but then i looked up be like hey you know i probably screwed up somehow let's figure this out together and we figure it out and we make it happen and i just understand when bad things are happening uh, the one thing that goes in my mind, it doesn't happen immediately because at first we're all human beings and something bad happened. We're like, oh, what happened? Like, why did this happen? Why is this happening to me? <clears throat> that's the first thing we, that's the first thing we think of because we're humans. But then I take a step back and I breathe and I'm like, okay, something bad just happened and maybe a string of bad things just happened over today or over this week or over the last month. It's just been horrible. Um, when that stuff's happening, what I try to remember is that setbacks are setups for phenomenal comebacks. So then I smile. I'm like, okay, it's all good. All these string of bad things are all just leading to something really good soon. That's what I have to finally understand when I'm getting punched. Like it's a daily, like I'm just getting knocked out. Like one thing after another, I'm like, okay, it's all good. Like the worse it's getting right now, actually the better it's about to be. So just, it's okay. Take the hits right now. I know it hurts. Just keep taking it. It's okay. Um, something good's about to happen. And every single time it happens, like it has not let me down every single time over the last like, five years with what I've been doing. And really when I look over time and life of things that have happened, I've understand like, Oh my God, that's what was happening right there. When all these bad things were happening, all of a sudden, as it went down, when it finally got to low point, as long as it, once again, as long as you don't quit, when you quit, that's when all those bad things win. But as long as you don't quit, eventually, boom, it just skyrockets again. And it's great. Um, so that's the simple common denominator is just don't quit. That's great advice. Speaking of advice, um, do you have any for someone who might just be wanting to get started in their driving career? Like what would you have wanted someone to tell you when you were just getting started? Yeah, uh, for anyone wanting to get into driving, racing, um, anything like that, um, one, you know, with some of the things I just mentioned, you got to get that mindset in the right place. So everything I was just mentioning about mindset, about getting your mind in a place where you're willing to put it all in line, you're willing to lose it all, and you're still believing yourself that you will get it all back. Um, first, you got to get your mind in that place because you will go through some crazy times, especially if you don't have a lot to begin with. You're going you're gonna to eat it the most. <laughs> and that's just part of the game. That's just how it is. But after that, um, some, some really good advice, I would say, um, for all people getting into racing and stuff is once you start getting on the grind, um, understand that there's all different kind of aspects uh, to racing. It's not just driving on a track. You can be the best driver in the world, but if you haven't figured out the marketing side, the money side, you've got to figure out the business side of racing. When you understand that, you will be in a race car racing. If you don't understand the business side, if you just think you can just fly by the seat of your pants, just racing only, and that's it, you're just not going to last that long. Um, it, it's just, it's hard. Like at the end of the day, it costs money to race. Like a race car costs dollars and cents, wheels, tires. Uh, fuel, people, transportation, travel, it all costs money. And if somebody doesn't get it paid for, 
the, the tire company isn't coming there to give you free tires. You know, the, the race car isn't coming to you for free. People aren't going to work on your stuff for free. They got to feed a family too. You got to figure out the money part of it. So figure that side out. Do not run away from it. Figure it out. <laughs> you got to figure out the money side. Learn marketing. Learn business. Learn how to fundraise. You know, any any successful business that's figured out how to raise money, raise capital, so that they can get their business off the ground and going. Racing is a business. That's just how it is. It's a business. So figure out how to raise capital so that you can get your business, your driving career, off the ground. That's fantastic advice. Um, all right. Well. Uh, we have a few more minutes left, and I'm curious, what does your family think of your choice in driving? I mean, as a mom, I'm like, well, I don't think I'd want my kids to do that, but I, I also would support them. So I'm just curious, what does your family think about what you're doing? And they must just be so proud because you've done so many amazing things, but I'd love to hear if you've gotten any advice from your parents or anything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My uh my parents, they um they at first they thought I was crazy. They're like, what are you doing? You know, and I was like, hey, this is what I want to do. This is where I'm gonna go. And and they knew I was unstoppable. Like they there was nothing they could tell me. There was nothing anyone could tell me that was gonna stop me. Like they know kind of where my mind will get. And they 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 weren't they, they you know, as much as they would be like, hey, why don't you think about this? Or hey, your business, you know, that looks like it's doing well. Why don't you just focus on that? They knew that wasn't going to work. They knew no matter what, when I, once I put my mind to it, like it's going to happen no matter what, and nothing's going to stop me. So they, they didn't push too hard on trying to get me to like go a different route, but um, yeah, they've been supportive since, um, you know, they love all the stuff we're doing. Um, they don't know anything about racing. So there's not a lot of advice they could give me <laughs> on that end. They just support when they can. They watch my races. They've been able to come to a couple of them now. Um, the ones that I've ran in Texas and uh, yeah, they just support and they love that I'm grinding and making things happen. So, um, you know, I'm not out there doing bad things. <laughs> so that's all I can hope for. No, you're doing great things. Um, okay. So I guess what, like, this will probably be my last question, but it's a two-parter first. Like, what are you looking forward to for 21? Like, obviously we're weeks away from the new year, but like, what, about 2021 is exciting you right now and um then where can our listeners kind of follow along with your journey your story and connect with you online yeah um for 2021 i look forward to you know getting my getting more nascar xfinity series races in for me um you know i've only run a few races now in that series and uh you know i look forward to running a lot more in 2021 uh, you know, and eventually just, you know, in future years, working my way up to the cup series level. Uh, that's the goal. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to be racing. Uh, and um, I want to be more competitive. I, I want to have better finishes. I want to eventually have um, some wins. Uh, that's all stuff I'm working toward. It takes a while, you know, because I'm not coming from a background where I was just racing my whole life. You know, I've only been racing for the last few years. I'm still learning a ton. I, I have I think I still probably have under a hundred stock car races under my belt. Whereas some people I've raced against, I mean, they, they, they get that in like, just like a few years, <laughs> not even that, not even that, like in like two years, some people. So um, yeah, uh, it's still a grind, still working hard, but uh, 2021 is looking promising. So I'm working on the fundraising side right now, trying to garner enough sponsorship for the year. And then, uh, you know, trying to continue to, uh, build this journey and hopefully it continues to inspire people to go after their goals and dreams because um in life you know sometimes you you just need that little kick you just need to see someone doing it to, to get you going in the right direction so hopefully this journey this platform has been able to do that for other people too 
That's awesome. Okay. And people, I know you have a website, so we'll be sure to link that in the show notes, but where else can people find you? Like, are you on Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm on all the social media platforms, uh, for the most part, uh, mainly Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm, I'm on all those. And, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to uh, follow me on there, please do. Um, I put out, uh, fun, uh, positive content uh, on a daily basis, mainly on Facebook and Instagram. And then usually I'm posting on Twitter, you know, each week at some point. But uh, yeah, Facebook and Instagram, I'm on there pretty much daily. So um, I love cars. So I'm putting out stuff on cars all the time, putting out stuff on my life. Um, uh, yeah, just uh, having fun and keeping it positive. And hopefully it's inspiring some people out there to go after their goals and dreams too. So um, yeah, that's uh, people can reach out on all those different platforms. Awesome. Oh my gosh. You have the most uplifting energy and it's just been so much fun to chat with you today. I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.